0: Hello and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Lee Westwood, my Kieran Westwood.
1: It's Justin Peach. Good day to you, Ryan.
0: Justin, how are you?
1: I'm very, very good, thank you. It's been a a lovely couple of days weather-wise, so summer's officially here, although it feels like it's minus three in the shade, but when the sun's out, it's not too bad.
0: One thing that I always say to you is please stop talking about the <laughs> when I ask you how you are. But it's your instant go-to thing, isn't it?
1: It's, it's really good weather. You can't complain. Like, can you imagine going to a football game at this time of year and it being miserable? It'd be very hard, difficult to go. But it, the sun is shining. Everyone was happy at the football yesterday. I mean, unless you got absolutely battered like some of the teams did this weekend. So everyone's happy. Be happy. It's OK. And
0: we've got a heatwave coming up coming exactly. as well. I'm surprised you didn't even mention that. But for the last time this season, please don't mention the weather when I ask of- you how you've been doing. And, oh, I've
1: got to mention the heatwave so, next what, week What's been
0: happening with your day, Justin? Tell, tell, me, tell me how your week's been. What's been the most interesting <laughs> thing that's happened to you this week?
1: Not talking to you. i tell you that. John,
0: <laughs> that's so nice. Anything interesting <laughs> happening?
1: Yeah, I mean, I played football this morning, but it was a bore draw and there was no, there was no fight uh, happening, so can't really report on that.
0: I-, I thought that there'd be some entertainment just in Justin Peter's life at the very least. It's just the weather. It's just the weather. Yeah, just the weather. That's the best bit. Um, but welcome <laughs> to the number one championship-specific podcast, the second tier. Thank you for joining us wherever you are, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to run through all the games in the championship this weekend. We've only got the nine, uh, obviously mainly because Middlesbrough <laughs> and Forest are playing in the FA Cup and for some reason... Blah- Blackpool and Preston are not playing. I'm not too sure why they're not playing this weekend, but only the nine games. So we'll go through all of them. Plenty of twists and turns still happening in the championship as always. Talk about some of the news from the past few days and then finish off with a little game at the end. So, Justin, shall we kick things off with a big game at the top of the table? It's Huddersfield against Bournemouth. It ended up not being much of a contest That's all, really, as Bournemouth ran out the 3-0 winners. Matt Shaw is from the Huddersfield podcast and he takes that chance. Matt, this was surprisingly quite awful from Huddersfield, wasn't
2: it? Hi, Ryan. Uh, Yeah, thanks for picking this week in particular to speak to us. Um, It it feels like the recent runs caught up with us a bit. And whether it's a case of mental or physical tiredness creeping in or they're still in shock from the penalty incident at West Brom, I'm I'm not really sure... I think I'd err towards the former, and hopefully the international break has come at the perfect time for us. And it's it's time for Carlos to rejig and reinvigorate the side and and earn his money, really, um, because we really failed to land any sort of glove on Bournemouth yesterday, who were excellent for, for what it's worth, or or did we get anywhere near Millwall in midweek either? So uh, there's a little bit of work to do during the break.
0: Yeah, I think you're spot on there with the fatigue, Matt. It definitely looks like it's set in the last couple of games. But with those last couple of games, have you been concerned about how many chances Huddersfield have been conceding per game? Because that's been the foundation for all their hard work and points they've won this season.
2: Yeah, it's championship football, isn't it? A bump in the road was always going to occur at at some point. However, yes, when you look at a couple of the chances and goals that Millwall and Bournemouth created, structurally, our defence was uncharacteristically misshapen, shall we say, Uh, We did miss Jonathan Hogg massively in front of the back four yesterday and and he was injured against Millwall as well and once he went off in that game, we uh, lost our way a little bit. Uh, But the worrying issue really was that a lot of our flaws were laid bare, if you like, by Millwall in particular and it it felt like they created a bit of a template for others to follow and Bournemouth did do that uh, on Saturday. Uh, But hopefully we can readjust now over the next few weeks, take stock uh, and come out of the international break a, a better side for it.
0: Yeah, Matt, despite the drop-off, you're still well within the chance of getting in the playoffs, maybe even top two. Not completely out of the question. But right now, what would you say your chances are of Huddersfield finishing in the playoffs and to a lesser extent the automatic promotion places?
2: Uh, To be honest, Ryan, I think we had to take a minimum of seven points over the last week, including a win over Bournemouth to make a first automatic promotion since 1983, a viable one. Um, It's not impossible, but it's become very unlikely. But People have been writing us off all season, so who knows? Uh, as for the playoffs, I'd give us a 50-50 chance. Uh, we have to respond after the international break against Hull City. And after that, we've then got Luton, QPR and Middlesbrough. And that will define if we're finishing the top six or not. If we're still in and around the top six after that, then we've got a very strong chance down the home straight. Um, but the response after this setback this last week is so key. Uh, the David Wagner side of... was remarkable at drawing a line under adversity and moving forward and this group has now got to do the same thing and take a leaf out of that book Um, and I'm sure they can do it why not
0: thank you Matt yeah Justin how a side can go from drawing to Peterborough and Reading to comfortably beating Huddersfield is beyond me but fair play to Bournemouth I thought they were exceptional here
1: yeah obviously we've criticised Bournemouth quite, quite a bit over the last sort of I guess, two weeks. Um, and that's because performances have been really below par. But this was this was ruthless. They were dangerous. They were very productive going forward. They, they dominated possession. They dominated chances. Um, and they were a, a very good team. They looked like a top two team in this game. And obviously, when you, you know, just push aside a, a rival, a promotion rival like they did, um, it puts down a marker and it goes a long way to convincing the pundits like us that they are capable of sustaining a top two push
0: yeah they played some really really good football not something that has never gone away under Scott Parker it's just the results haven't sometimes matched the quality of football but Scott Parker called it one of the best performances of the season and you won't hear any disagreements from me Jaden Anthony was electric. It was like the Jaden Anthony that we saw in the first third of the season again. Mm. Jefferson Lerma, not someone you associate with playing, you know, football going forwards. He's more known for his ball winning and general shithousery, but he was great here going forwards. Huddersfield's defending was uncharacteristically poor, and we may go on to that in a sec, just when we talk more in more detail about Huddersfield. They seemed to lose all concept of what marking is, which definitely helped with Bournemouth, who like to move the ball around quickly and have plenty of runners off the ball one thing that I've continuously noticed with Bournemouth is that they start quickly don't they they scored all three of their goals here in their first 47 minutes and I think if they don't manage to find the breakthrough early on then that's when they tend to struggle and this was a perfect example of Bournemouth getting the three goals early on and then the final 43 minutes of the game this was a bit of a non-contest really it was just a Bit of a kick around between uh, <laughs> 11 lads. Um, well, they are six points clear of second now with two games in hand. Usually you would think that's enough and it probably will be. But I'd rather hold tight for now, Justin, as before we start, you know, talking about Bournemouth as a Premier League side. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't book off um, the first weekend or the first day, first weekday off work after after the uh, last game of the season. Definitely not, or whenever the promotion party might be. I would just hold tight for now because this Bournemouth team has has. Got a habit of of dropping dropping off in games quite quickly, and um, there'll be there'll be Luton and Huddersfield will want to bounce back very quickly because again the playoff place isn't necessarily safe. I um, mean, you know, if they go on a bad run of form now, they could quite easily drop out with teams like Middlesbrough, and Nottingham Forest waiting to take their place outside of the playoffs. Um, so they they will want to bounce back, and obviously Luton, as I say, have got the momentum as well. So there'll be teams behind them wanting to to, to kick on. So what Bournemouth need to do in the next game? Obviously, international breaks coming up, which again. Isn't helpful. This was momentum. Um, they'll need to. They'll need to start that next game very quickly, like they did here, um, and be as ruthless because that's something that has lacked sometimes. Is is a they've been a bit a little bit toothless uh, in games.
0: Well, Bristol City's the next game, and then it's that infamous horrible run of games, which we keep talking about. How much that is actually going to play into the season? Obviously, we've got our fingers crossed that it will, because we want to see a race for the top two, don't we? But obviously, Bournemouth are well in the driving seat, and. As we keep saying, there aren't that many challenges either for the top two. You look at Luton and Sheffield United are probably the most likely. We'll talk about them later on in the show. But they're still going to have to take a mighty effort from those two to catch Bournemouth, who have clearly got the advantage with points and games in hand as well. But it has been a very bad week for Huddersfield, hasn't it? The unbeaten runners come to an end and the last two performances have been worryingly bad. Where do you stand with their promotion push as of right now, Justin?
1: I think it's it's if they're going to lose games it's better for them to lose these last two games before the international break um because they have got 2 weeks to to lick their wounds and 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 get prepped and go again for the for the next um I mean it's 8 8 games in April isn't there so there's a lot of a lot of time there for them to to make up and a lot of opportunity for them to go because what they have shown is they can just tick along very nicely with that unbeaten run um and just just tick games off um with with results and that's what they need to do they need to do again but obviously five goals shipped no goals scored in the last two really really poor um and that's something that they not they're not bad at are they they don't they don't concede sloppy goals but they concede really sloppy goals here um and and as i say when they go behind that seems to be their kryptonite if they go behind they do struggle to get back into games
0: Well, you said they've been not too bad defensively. They've been great defensively this season, yeah. haven't they? That's the main reason why they are where they are. Because Lord knows they haven't been, you know, as free <coughs> scoring as other sides in um the race for the top six this season. And defence has really been the foundation for what's been key to them being Huddersfield Town this season. Um, you know, the likes of Colwell, Lees and Pearson have been superb. Hogg um, has been, you know, struggling with injury recently and they've desperately needed him to get back to fitness and hopefully when we get back from the international break he he'll be back in full fitness because mm-hmm. they desperately need to bring that defensive solidarity back because the last couple of games they could have easily lost you know about by 10 goals over the course <laughs> of the two games yeah. couldn't they if it wasn't for Lee Nichols having a blinder in both um but they have needed this international break more than anyone else as we were just talking uh, to Matt about they have looked fatigued definitely um and i i, I think It won't take much for their playoff chances to slip away if they don't turn it around as soon as they get back from the international break. Because as I was alluding to in midweek, they have got some tricky games coming up. I think they play um, four of the top 10 in their next five. And that was including Bournemouth. So um, three of the top 10 in the next four games. Um, So as I say, make or break time for Huddersfield. And this past couple of games have really caused a lot of concern for me and I imagine for quite a few Huddersfield fans as well in the Gary derby it finished Stoke 2 Millwall 0 two teams at different ends of the form table and it was the signed at the wrong end of the form table which came out the winner Ben Rowley's from the Stoke podcast the YYY Files Ben I certainly didn't see this one coming
3: it's been the week for putting your money where your mouth is isn't it um, and I was very tempted to put my money on Stoke losing today I'd never do that um, But after nine games without a win, and to be honest, we've looked tragic for the last few weeks. I I thought, you know, a game against Gary Rowitz-Millwall, we'd certainly we'd lose, especially at home. But we didn't, and we were thoroughly deserving of the win. And I honestly have no idea where that came from. Um, We were really sound defensively, restricted them to very little. Um, we could have had more goals, to be honest with you. I don't think it was a sparkling performance, but hell, it's been so much better than what it has been. Um, And the whole way through this last few weeks where we've been terrible, the players hadn't downed tools, but they just lacked confidence and they lacked an intensity in their play, but they revived that somewhat today and it'll go a long way to seeing a big improvement. Yeah, just give us an idea of... How bad it's been recently, Ben, and why it's been so bad. Okay, Stoke haven't played well consistently since Harry Sousa got injured. And there's been loads of stats going around the last few weeks on form and and dropping points and things like that. But the one that catches my eye is that Stoke haven't won a game in which they've conceded since September and that is just outrageous when you think about it. Like conceding a goal for Stoke is genuinely the worst thing in the world, and that's a mentality thing. It's never been a case of talent. It's never been a case of even effort. It, it's just a mentality thing. Um, there's so much pressure on these players for some reason, and on the manager too, because you know, despite us not playing well for the last few months, we at least O'Neill's stuck to what he knows. But then the last few weeks, he's been making five or six changes. he been, been playing players out of position. It's been very un-O'Neal-like, not using the same resources and the same mentality that kept us up a couple of seasons ago. And that, of course, has led to calls
0: for Michael O'Neal to be sacked. Ignoring the results on Saturday, where did you stand on the debate, Ben?
3: <laughs> That's a loaded question, considering we've just won. Um, uh, right, so i am very very on the fence with this and have been for a couple of weeks o'neill's done some great work at stoke on and off the pitch we've looked so much better since he came in but the last few weeks he genuinely seems to have lost the plot and i i i can't understand what he was trying to do and i think there's no more that he can do this season i think the board will have made up their mind either way this season's done has been for a while, it'll be whether they trust him to go into next season. Um, I can see it going either way. I really can. Someone could get more out of this squad, but then I think this squad needs more work. And also, I think up above him, there's changes going on at Stoke. The CEO has left, we've got new directors coming in, and I think a lot could depend on how they see the summer as well. It's going to be a big summer once again at Stoke.
0: Cheers, Ben. Yeah, I think this goes some way to silencing the Michael O'Neill boo-boys for now, if that's the only um, saving grace from this game for Stoke. Um, I would call this a very un like performance. Justin, would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, Considering that they conceded both of their goals from set pieces, uh, they hadn't conceded uh, in 470 minutes of football before this game. And uh, both goals were very, very sloppy. Um, They were conceding really sloppy chances as well. So, yeah, it was was very much a, a, a very poor Millwall display. You know, the, Gary Rowett's done a very good job of of making them very solid away from home, very difficult to break down. Um, but Stoke, the way Stoke scored their two goals, found it very easy. You know, loose balls in the box. Any, any team should be defending loose balls in the box, but the way Millwall did, it was really poor. And as you say, probably one of the surprise results of the weekend for me, um, because it's form-wise, did not see this one coming at all.
0: No, I don't think anyone did. I think even the most optimistic Stoke fan didn't see this (laughs) one coming. Jacob Brown was causing all sorts of problems for Millwall throughout the game. They just could not get a grip on him and he was fantastic. But you're absolutely right. Millwall have been so solid defensively in this. They just weren't, which is really surprising because they have been a rock at the back recently, haven't they? But four points off the top six, despite... um, this loss, mainly because other sides haven't played, have their chances of getting into the top six changed at all? Just in after this result?
1: No, I think obviously in midweek I was saying that Millwall will be licking their lips at results. Um, I still think they'll be they'll be quite content with where they are at the moment because, as I say, they're one of those teams that yeah you know, a lot of games in April. They're one of those teams, that if they do get a run of form, they'll be very difficult to beat in, in every single one of those games. I'd rather be a team that is difficult to score against um, when when the fixture list is, is, is congested because t- it takes a lot for other teams to score against you. You've got to move the ball around quickly. You've got to exert a lot of energy, whereas Millwall aren't one of those sides and that'll probably suit Millwall a lot more. So I'm a lot more optimistic with Millwall going into the next run of games um, next month than it would be for for other sides in and around them. So, definitely still a, a long shot, but um, I don't think it was too too damaging a defeat.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think their chances of getting in the top six were lengthy anyway before this game, and I don't think that's any different now because of this result. Um, the run they went on prior to this loss, the eight-game unbeaten run, they've essentially got to do it again, haven't they, to stand yeah. any chance of getting in the top six. Otherwise, you, you can't, they, they can't afford to lose one or two games, quite frankly, can they? They've got to get results from pretty much every game from now until the end of the season. It is worth saying they have got a very good run of games, eight games left, six of them are against sides in the bottom half. So that it's definitely possible for them to replicate that fantastic run they've been on. All they've got to do is just get back to staying as solid at the back as they were before. Could definitely do with being a bit more fluent going forwards because that mm-hmm. has been an issue at certain points but defensively that has been the foundation for this remarkable unbeaten run they've been on and if they get back to that then they'll run it close won't they i, I think yeah. we can both agree on that luton town they're third justin third it's after they won 3-1 at hull justin
1: luton town <laughs> or third yeah, they are a good team, aren't they? Um I, I heard last night a uh, pundit say it was it was miraculous that Luther are so high up in the league, but I don't think that's doing I don't think that's giving them enough credit. I think that's the way the way that's the way that's said is is almost implying that they are um well, fortunate to be there. And I don't think it is. This this is a careful strategy. This is planned. Um obviously for them to be third or competing with teams with big budgets is probably a little bit of a stretch, but definitely not a miracle because the way this team sets up, they've got really good players that other teams in years gone by would have played four or five million pounds for, and Luton have managed to get them for for nothing. You look at the job that Henry Lansbury's doing in that midfield, and um, when he plays, for example, Villa paid a lot of money for him, and he's coming to Luton on probably a fraction of those wages. And and got they put they've got a lot more out of him, um, so yeah. This this is just a quality team with quality players that is understated, um, with a tactically astute manager. The the bedrock of what they do is 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 being a hardworking team, but the football they play, the tactics they deploy, they're they're up there with the league's best, and that needs to be recognised a lot more.
0: I I could not agree more.
1: Beautiful free
0: kick by James Bree here, Justin. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's the perfect free kick from that position because it's going to the top bin. The only reason it's not gone in the top bin is cuz it's hit the crossbar on the way down and, you know, pinged against the crossbar into the ground. I don't think you could pinpoint any better where you want that free kick to go. And it's only his second career goal as well. Why he's on free he come kicks. From? Yeah. yeah, why he's on free kicks when he's only scored one goal prior to this. I'm not sure, but He's just shown here what he can do. Bend it like Brie. Uh, but th- this was um, yeah, th- this was really, really good from Luton. They Hull they did have a few moments. It was by no means a one-sided game. And maybe the scoreline did flatter Luton slightly. But still, it's another three points. And this Luton side just continue to tick over very, very nicely. They've only dropped points five times this calendar year. 16 games in. And they've won 11 of them. It's incredible. I know, it's promotion form, isn't it, quite frankly? Um, It's the kind of run that gets you up to third in the table. And as the weeks go on, it becomes more and more likely that we could see Luton Town and Kenilworth Road in the Premier (laughs) League next season, Justin. And it's honestly, in midweek, I was saying Luton could be the side who challenged Bournemouth for the top two. That's still going to be a stretch because Bournemouth have got such an advantage. But it's because Luton are playing so well right now. People won't give them the, the respect they deserve because they're Luton Town, but they're ticking over nicely and they've got a great chance of getting to the Premier League, haven't they? They've got a good a mm. chance as any of the other teams outside the top two right now, haven't they?
1: Yeah, and it's worth pointing out they've, they're they going through a bit of an injury crisis as well. Um, Nathan yeah. Jones said they were down to bare bones for this game and it, it showed us some of the personnel they had to play in, in some of the positions they played. So... <laughs> This Luton team, you've got to recognise it for what it is. They're not little old Luton. They are big boys. They are big boys. Um, And that is the best way I can describe it. They're an incredible team. They're so good going forwards. Defensively, they're good as well. Kept a lot of clean sheets this season. Got to give them the respect they deserve. And not just because they're, they're viewed as little old Luton. They are much bigger than that.
0: A big result in the relegation battle came at the select car leasing stadium. Reading won Blackburn nil. It came through a beautiful strike by Josh Laurent. And this was another beauty of a goal, Justin, was
1: it? was. It was fantastic. You've, you've got to give someone like Josh, La- Josh Laurent <laughs> credit because he doesn't pull them off very often. And I've been a bit surprised that Paul Ince has sort of been deploying him as a bit of an auxiliary 10 slash 8 Um I didn't think it was going to work and obviously he missed quite a few chances but when you pull pull a shot like that out of the bag and it was a beautiful shot like you just caressed the ball high out of the keeper's reach and into that top corner that was you know if, if a Premier League club scoring that if, if I don't know Salah or Mane scoring that it's going to get talked about for, for weeks um, but it was yeah an incredible goal from a, a player who is not known for scoring.
0: Mm. I love the way that it's just dipped because it looks yeah. like initially that it could be just flying off into Rosette but then it dips so suddenly and just over the keeper's head. Kaminsky had absolutely no chance. It was a proper R1 in circle shot spot, <laughs> it, for any of the FIFA nerds out there. First goal of the season for him as exactly. well. Yeah. So we've had James Bree scoring <laughs> only his second career goal of the season. It's the perfect free kick. And then Josh Laurent scoring this, his first goal of the season. Unbelievable. But a Reading win. And Barnsley and Derby both dropping points. It's the perfect Saturday for Reading and Paul Ince, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and they, they, they played really well. You've got to give them credit because they created chance after chance after chance. And if, if it wasn't for Kaminsky, the game would have been out of Blackburn's reach very early on. Um, and I guess that's the only sort of criticism you can give Reading in this game is, is how, they, um, how they didn't put their chances away. But, you know, that's why I've backed them to to stay up because they've got the quality in their team and they've only got to get things a little bit right defensively, and um, for them to to to, to perk up, and, and and they did that. I think after the, the after the Laurent goal, they only conceded one chance, which you know the game management there is is such a turn of the page thing for Reading this season. Um Yeah, quite quite a turnaround, and obviously it's a massive hammer blow to to Barnsley and Derby as well.
0: Thing is, with Reading as well, they've got this obvious obvious advantage over the other side haven't they, in terms of. Uh, The points and in Derby's case, the games uh, Reading have got in hand as well. So with that being said, Reading don't have to do much to stay up at this point, do they? Barnsley have been in much improved form compared to how they were, but they're not going to win. How many games we've got left? We've got eight games left. They're not going to win five games out of them, are they? So Reading have only got to win, what, two or three and get a point here or there from the other games. They should be safe and sound, shouldn't they? So, Reading, definitely with the ball in their court at the moment now. I don't think anyone can dispute that at this very moment. Let's talk Blackburn, just in their playoff hopes, hanging by a thread now after this result, would you say?
1: I think they are, and and, and Mowbray... Sounded exasperated in his in his post match um, presser when he was talking to to journalists. He was really frustrated with his side, and I would be as well because, as I say, I know Reading created a lot of chances, but they didn't take them. And Blackburn was still in the game up until Lawrence scored. But again, Blackburn scuffing chances. I think Gallagher had a beautiful chance, and he's just completely missed it. He's sort of rolled over the board. Don't really know what, he's did, what what happened with it. Um, and this 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 blunt this. Blunt nature they've they did uh, they've developed is is costing them massively and it could cost them a top six place. They should be home and host in the top six. You know even grinding games out and I think again I think Mowbray said you know the longer the games go goes uh, the goes on, the more likely they are to concede as well. So they're looking a little bit more frail um, at the back. So it's not a good mix at all and it's the worst time in the season to to hit this run of form. They they desperately need. Just anyone to put away a chance, and we thought we, I thought they turned a corner against Derby, and but it was back to back to same old Blackburner plate in this game.
0: Well, they're still in the playoffs at the time of recording, two points clear of the other sides who are just outside, but they have played more games. They can't score for Toffee. Um, they're out of form. It's them and QPR who are the two forms, uh, two teams in the top ten who are out of form right now, aren't they? And it's worrying. I struggle to see many positives for them at the moment. If you're ticking boxes for advantages that Blackburn have on the other teams in there, there aren't many, are there, compared to the other side? So I think it's, um, despite the table looking all right for them, I'd say Blackburn's looking like a bit of an outside chance now for them to actually get in the top six. The chance putting away is just, it's ridiculous. Tony Mowbray said after the game that it's comical how many good chances they've spurned recently. And I struggle to find many better words, quite frankly, because it is—it is comical. Yeah. Um, not signing another striker in January is turning out to be a really, really bad move, isn't it? And now Kadra's injured as well. Ben Barrett and Diaz is obviously back after the international break, but is he going to be one hundred percent fit? Who knows? It's um, looking a bit bleak for Blackburn at the moment, isn't it? Which, as I say, they—they they are still in the playoffs at the time recording, but other factors have played into that and that, that's why it's looking uh, not very good for them at the moment isn't it? In a South Yorkshire derby and also a Paul Heggingbottom derby, Sheffield United beat Barnsley 2-0. The first half was a tight one, whereas Fodringham had, had to make a brilliant save in the Sheffield United goal. Second half, things started to click, mainly for Morgan Gibbs-White who was once again at the centre of everything good that happened for the Blades, just in a wonderful player.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean... How often can we say it? He's uh, he's such a talent, such a gifted player. And I think Hacking Bottom said in this game that he wasn't even playing. You know, his outward best. He was a little bit more reserved. Um, and I think that's always going to be the case in, in derbies like this. But you know, if he if he's just putting in a seven out of ten performance and he's still been as influential as he was, he's got talent, hasn't he? And it just shows how how talented he is. Um, and as I say, he's, he's at the centre of everything good going forward for for Sheffield United. So that's the only thing that maybe worries me a little bit if he's not involved can they still tick along um, the same uh, and obviously if he's not in form as well can they still tick along the same I don't know I think we still need to see that test but nonetheless they've they've got him he's, fit. he's firing good player
0: very good player he got on the end of the second goal after playing a tidy 1-2 with Ollie McBurnie a really good ball played by McBurnie as well perfectly weighted just a joy to watch and it was a great way to bounce back once it for Sheffield United after a couple of poor results each time they go through a patch where it looks like they're stumbling they always seem to get back on track don't they and it's a very good habit to have
1: Yeah I think we've got to recognise how many games they've played as well um, in such a short space of time uh, and the injuries have started to mount up and, and fitness and fatigue is going to be an issue so they've still managed to grind out results quite well considering as I say they've had this really rough run of games Um, and obviously they've got a two-week break now so I imagine they're going to come out this this next um, this next lot of games and 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 being a lot better because we consider how good they bounced back after sort of a two or three week break during Christmas because of Covid postponements Um, they were brilliant weren't they sort of eight games they were relentless and I think they can hit that same spark again players are going to come back to full fitness they're going to get a rest that they need Um, And Heckingbottom's got more time on a training ground with them. So, yeah, I expect them to fully sort of hit another gear um, after the international break.
0: Billy Sharp went off with a hamstring injury, which will be a cause for concern. But one thing we haven't really spoken about that much with Sheffield United, Justin, is the injury crisis that they've suffered. Now, having this international break, plenty of players are set to come back after after that break. You've got the likes of Ben Davies, George Baldock players who will be really really important for them on the other side of this international break. So plenty of positives for Sheffield United here. Of course, as we say, when they get knocked back down, they come back fighting and now they've got a strengthened side on uh, on the way as well. So hopefully Billy Sharp's injury isn't too serious because he's been fantastic for them over the course of the season hasn't he? Evergreen mm-hmm. as always <laughs> Billy Sharp. Um and uh, hopefully it's just something that will just take a bit of nursing over the uh, next couple of weeks justin let's have a quick break after that we'll talk about a shocking win for peterborough and then uh, also draws everywhere else Welcome back to the Second Tier Podcast. Now, Justin, we live, eat and breathe championship football here, so not being able to go to some games is gutting. However, Justin, there is a solution.
1: Ooh, what is the solution,
0: Ryan? Well, there's a very handy tool called NordVPN. Hang on. What is NordVPN well let me tell you justin in a nutshell nordvpn is a cyber swiss army knife with plenty of features and benefits picture the scene it's 3 p.m on a saturday and your side is away from home if you use nordvpn then you can change your virtual location and watch the game in your own living room it's not just football you can watch netflix or amazon prime or other streaming platforms content from different countries meaning you don't have to wait for it to be released in the uk also if you're traveling you might use unsecured public wi-fi Having NordVPN on your phone, laptop, tablet, or any other device that you use protects you from pesky hackers. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by using the link in the description of this podcast or head to nordvpn.com and use the code SECONTIER to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan, plus one additional month for free and a bonus gift it's completely risk free with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee it costs less than a pint so it's an absolute bargain have a look for yourself right now one of the shocks of the weekend came at the Cayenne Prince Foundation Stadium QPR 1
1: Peterborough 3 Justin where's (laughs) this come from? Uh, it's, phew, yeah, beat, I mean, beats me. I mean, Peter what record is is terrible. But actually, I think performances over the last few games, especially under Grant McCann, have, have really started to turn a corner. They started to be a lot more solid. They started to uh, be a little bit more adventurous going forwards. Johnson Clark Harris has hit form. Jack Marriott's hit form um so it's probably not as much of a surprise that uh people might think based on peterborough's performances of late and obviously qpr being in a bit of a uh, a poor spell themselves as well um it might not be that much of a surprise to be honest with you i think as well as that peterborough really deserved the win here they were miles better than qpr cuz qpr was so so poor yeah, they had a 20-minute
0: salvo, really, where they scored the three goals and just seemed to blow QPR away. And QPR didn't know how to respond. Um, I think it's definitely a shock, Justin, just because, as you mentioned, the away form has been <laughs> so appalling for Peterborough across the course of the season. But you're absolutely right. They have had certain players start to hit form. The likes of Marriott, the likes of Clark Harris. And you look at the table now, only six points Behind that's wrong. Seven points behind Reading. Um, they still got some life in the old dog yet.
1: It's so it's so hard to say because I mean we'll say you were talking about Reading um, earlier on in the episode about them not needing to do too much um, to to stay up in the likes of Peterborough Derby and Barnsley have got to win a lot of games. I can't personally see Peterborough um getting those points back and 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 getting above Reading, but. It's, it's, it's very good news because there is quality in this team and it just goes to show that if the decision to to move Darren Ferguson was made a lot sooner they could be they could be a lot higher up in the table and that's 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 my honest opinion I, I do think there's enough quality in that team to push them higher up in the table just wasn't being used appropriately shall we say I struggled to get excited about Peterborough's chances of staying <laughs> when well, you keep in
0: mind before this they'd only picked up four points this calendar year. It'll be quite the turnaround for them to suddenly go on a winning run now. And as we were alluding to earlier with Barnsley, Peterborough would have to win, you know, probably four or five games now between now and the end of the season to have a realistic chance of staying up. But I just struggle to see it happening because wins have been so few and far between for them this season. But as we were alluding to not too long ago, last time we spoke about Peterborough, they have had a bit hit a bit of form recently, and that will mm-hmm. stand them in really good stead, won't it? If they are indeed back in League One next season, because they'll take that momentum. Grant McCann's got form in the past for with Hull, Hanty, yep. getting uh, teams to bounce back at the first time of asking. This will do him a world of good doing that. But QPR Justin continue to cause a lot of concern. They've lost four out of their last five games now, and it's not promotion form, is it? Um. If QPR do miss out on the playoffs this season, do you think maybe it's time for a change of manager? Give someone else a go?
1: I think maybe, yeah. I, I, it seems harsh on Warburton because he has really transformed the team. We look at that um, season under Steve McLaren. QPR were really poor. Um, you yeah, know, They were flirting with uh, the relegation places and obviously Warburton came in slowly started to improve. And then last season, halfway through last season, turned a corner we were absolutely magnificent. And for me, if they drop out of the playoffs, because I do think they are one of the stronger teams in the in the division, both personnel wise and, and style style of play. Um I think it would be a massive underachievement if they if they do uh, finish out outside the top six. And and as I say, they've got quality, they Probably have quite a healthy budget compared to some teams up there as well. So yeah, I think it would be a really poor, a really poor season if they don't get in the top six. And, and Warburton, as I say, could could be a casualty of that.
0: When you, when you go back to the start of the season, for example, you had the likes of well. When you look at the table now and you compare to the expectations at the start of the season, teams like Blackburn and Huddersfield, for example, it's really impressive for them to, you know, be in or around yeah. the playoff battle. We were expecting QPR to be in or around the playoff battle. I and mean, for them to miss out this season, I think would be an underachievement. Mark yeah. Warburton I do like him as a manager but I struggle to see him leading a side into the Premier League and I think that's just what we're starting to see now. I think he's the perfect transition manager for taking a team from, you know, championship obscurity to a team challenging at the right end of the table. But I think you need someone else in. I think he may have taken them as far as he can in the the ultimate way of saying it and If QPR do miss out this season, I think it probably would be time for a change. Warburton's done a fantastic job over the past two or three years and deserves Mm -hmm. a lot of praise for QPR fans, a lot of respect for what he's done. But, you know, if QPR do want to get back into the Premier League, then they're going to have to bring in someone else, I think, if they miss out this season, unfortunately. But yeah, this is a really bad result. I don't think there's any debating that from a QPR (laughs) perspective. Derby missed out on the chance to take advantage of Barnsley's loss. They could only draw 1-0 with Coventry. The first talking point from this, Justin, is the penalty decision that Derby equalised from Tom Lawrence going down. Um, Did you think that was a penalty? Uh,
1: I, I do think it was a penalty. I think a lot of Coventry fans are liking it to a dive and I don't think it was a dive it was probably exaggerated movement from Lawrence if anything but for me Ben Sheaf was quite clumsy in his approach to closing down Tom Lawrence there's obviously contact made I think Callum O'Hare gets away with a little kick as well Um, obviously trying to get the ball but he missed it and and catches Lawrence's ankle and he could have gone down under that challenge as well so I think there was two bites there two small bites maybe a bit of a soft penalty but I think the referees made the right decision uh, overall
0: I think you could say it was soft but I struggle to see an argument for it not being a penalty. At the same time, if it wasn't given, I won't be saying that's a stonewaller. If you see what I mean, Mm. I think it's one of them where it's a bit 50, 50, whether it's a penalty or not. On the other hand, if that happens outside the box, it's a free kick.
1: Absolutely. So,
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, what a goal by Matty Godden, Justin, for Coventry. That was a lovely bit of link-up play between him and Callan O'Hare. Uh, got to be said, Godden still had a lot to do when the chance actually fell to him. Mm. It's a half chance, really, and he's finished it beautifully, but that was a really bit, really nice bit of football from those two. Malcolm Mbioe for Derby. What a player he is, Justin. 18 years old. He was tearing Coventry to shreds every time he got the ball, and he doesn't look like an 18-year-old, does he? He's built like an Olympic sprinter, yeah. but yeah. he is a marvellous talent at the same time, into he? Yeah,
1: he's, he's got a very cultured uh, left foot. Um, the way he moves with the ball is great and his crossing as well. He's, his crossing's really good. He put in two or three really good balls. Obviously, he made the chance for Lawrence who then went, uh, went down under Sheaf's Challenge. He made that with his little, uh, I don't know, was it a Rabona? It's a bit of a Rabona. Um, nonetheless, it was a sexy little bit of dribbling um, and he's another talented player who unfortunately is out of contract at the end of the season, so there'll be clubs sniffing around him. But I think the one thing that really impressed me was, his firstly, his decision-making and his his quality with the ball going into the boxes. His dribbling ability is incredible. He completed 12 dribbles, which blew, blew everybody out of the water in the game. Um, but his, his decision-making, when to cross it, who to cross it to was really, really good. And also his quality delivery was brilliant as well.
0: Yeah, he... Obviously, it's only a small sample size. What we've seen him with so far, but he looks like the complete winger, doesn't he? Cause he does. I don't, yeah. From what I've seen so far, I struggle to see a weakness in his game. So he looks a real, real talent, and it will be a massive shame if that's another derby player who they have. Who um, I don't think he came through the academy, did he? I, I think he came.
1: He came from Rangers. From, yeah, Rangers. Arsenal Rangers. Um, yeah.
0: Arsenal Rangers Um, but it'll be a shame if that's another talented youngster Derby have let slip through the net simply because they can't get this takeover over the line for whatever reason Um, unfortunately I don't think a point's enough here for Derby really is it Justin I I was heading into this thinking this is a must win and unfortunately a draw at home where Derby's points have been by and large taken this season I don't think that's good enough is it
1: no it's it's a fair result um, on the balance of chances for, for both sides um, but it was a result that didn't suit either team in their in their uh, respective objectives for the season. This um, and and as you say, yeah, a point wasn't enough. And Derby could have nicked it at the end. Obviously, Sibley hit the post from a from a header uh, from an, a Bioway cross, uh, nonetheless. But it just it just wasn't enough, I don't think. And I think they are pretty much giving all they can now, and it's they're just coming up short, unfortunately. Which I think is a, a good a, a testament as to what is left in this squad now.
0: Yeah, I've been banging the drum for Derby's chances of staying up, but even I will admit at this point, it's looking bleak. They will have to win just about all their home games now for the rest of the season, haven't they? Because their home away form has been so dreadful that it's going to take a mighty effort at this point. 93rd minute equaliser from Adam Reach saw West Brom draw two all away at Bristol City in an Kind of opposite way to Bournemouth. Strange how a side can go from convincingly beaten Fulham (laughs) in the week to drawing against a Bristol City side who haven't exactly been great these past few weeks. At least from a West Brom perspective, there was a lot of fight here, wasn't there? Something which has been lacking over various points of the season. West Brom did get a penalty after Dan Bentley punched Cal Bartley in the head. Um, Any thoughts on that, Justin? I'm assuming you thought it was a clear penalty.
1: (coughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, boxing's not allowed in football, I don't think. Um, for me, I, I would actually go as far as I say a red card for Bentley because yeah, goalkeepers get a lot of protection in what they do. Uh, obviously, they can use their hands, but for him to completely miss the ball and I can't remember who he punched square in the face, but Bartley. He's, he's, Bartley, uh, you know, Bartley's got quite a big head, but even a, he's, he's going to go into that. Um, I thought anyone miss times, any player outfield miss times a challenge with their feet and goes through a player it's a possible red card. So for me, Bentley, who's able to use his hands, go straight through Bartley with his fist, that's a red card for me as well.
0: If I could play devil's advocate, he's clearly going for the ball though, isn't he?
1: Yeah, but you can still go for the ball and mistime a challenge and end up with a red card. Nonetheless, it's dangerous play. You're endangering an opponent. Um, for me, that that's a that serious foul play. It's a red card.
0: Either way, a point for West Brom probably says their playoff chances are over now if they were still alive to begin with heading into this game. Andy Vyman now has got 18 goals for the season, Justin. Probably won't get talked about because you've got, you know, he's playing in a side who haven't been great this season and Mm -hmm. you've got three other strikers who are having remarkable goal-scoring seasons in itself. But for Andy Vyman, someone who's not really ever been a consistent goal-scorer at this level, to get 18 goals, you've got to applaud it, haven't you?
1: Oh yeah, without doubt, and and the way he, the last few few of his goals as well, um, some of the volleys he's put away have been brilliant, and he's taken his goal fantastically, um, fantastically well here as well, um, and his link-up play with the, the forwards that are at Bristol City as well is is fantastic. It seems um, telekinetic. What 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 am I trying to say here? Psychic, you know, all links up with their brains. That's a really yeah. daft way of saying it, but you know what I mean. Um, I know what you mean. It it's, it's, it's all seems very natural, the link-up play with Martin Semenya, and obviously Semenya went off, but he still provided the assists for Wells. So it's not just his goal-scoring capabilities this season, but he's putting things on a plate for his uh, teammates as well. He's He's probably one of those players who should be considered probably in the top five performers this season, just because he's had an outstanding individual season this season.
0: Hard to debate it. He's in the top mm. five for assists. He's in the top five for goals. There you go. It's a remarkable season, isn't it? And Lord knows where Bristol City would be if it wasn't for his exploits this season, but he's been remarkable. Not sure about Nigel Pearson occasionally having the tendency to play him at right wing back. I'm, I'm not sure that's the greatest tactical move no. I've ever seen from a manager. But at the same time, Vyman, hats off to your son. You've had a brilliant season. He's been awarded now with a place in the Austrian national team. So it's been a while. Loads of positives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And finally, winning the award for the most obvious game to be lost in the running order of the season: Swansea nil, Birmingham nil. Only thing on this I've got to say is Birmingham's finishing was appalling. They had three chances, which I wouldn't even class as golden chances. What's the next level above golden? Platinum. Platinum Platinum. chances (laughs) for Birmingham. And they couldn't put them away. And it really goes some way to summarising their season. Right, now it's time for this. Yes, it's time for the news and Derby's administrators have released an open letter where they say the interest in the club remains and work is progressing. They also say that previous deadlines were provided in good faith despite being missed. They also say their primary responsibility is securing bids which represent the best outcome for creditors and the long-term future of the club justin i'm not going to get your thoughts on this because thank you thank you repeating ourselves aren't we middlesbrough lost over 30 million pounds last season their accounts have been released and it shows the wage bill had dropped 13 percent compared to the season before the club owes more than 120 million to steve gibson's holding company though any thoughts on those figures justin
1: I could just copy and paste what I said about Stoke City's losses. Um, it's it's far too much for a championship club. I know Steve Gibson is uh, a very worthy custodian of Middlesbrough, but say, for example, there's a, there's a market crash and he runs out of money. Middlesbrough are not in a good position um, because, as I say, they rely heavily on his funding. Um, and I know things have started to change for them behind the scenes. Recruitment-wise, they are looking more long-term and, and more sustainable, but... Yeah, um that the losses are, are, are so significant um anything I think over 15 million pounds should be you know, there should be questions from from supporters and and the EFL but unfortunately that the, there isn't and I don't know why it says a lot
0: that losses of 30 million pounds in a season doesn't look that bad compared to other teams yeah, in the yeah, division bad, yeah it says a lot about uh, The state of some championship sides. Former Sheffield Wednesday goalkeeper Kieran Westwood has joined Art in a short-term deal. It's after all three of their keepers got injured recently. Wayne Rooney's confirmed youngster Festi Eberselli is off to Italy. He's set to sign a pre-contract agreement with a side there. He has been linked with Udinese in the past. Rooney says he didn't want Eberseli to leave, nor did the player want to go. But Rooney can't offer him a new deal with their current situation. A big shame, Justin, because he's the kind of player Derby could really use next season, whatever division they're in, or at least get some
1: money for him. Well, that's it, isn't it? They're not going to get any money from him, I don't think, because because he's joining a a, um, a club overseas. They don't benefit from compensation, I don't think. I might they be wrong. On that. A,
0: they've got to offer a contract as well, haven't they? Am I right in saying
1: that? Yeah, and obviously they can't offer a contract no. because of their situation. Um, so yeah, it's it's a really bad situation at Derby and they're going to continue losing youngsters and unfortunately I don't think there are many too, there are too many generations that can come through now because they've either sold them or used them um, so yes uh, the value of the club has diminished they're on, they're on their arses pretty much
0: yeah, and more bad news for Derby. It's been confirmed. Colin Kazem-Richards is likely out for the season with an ankle injury, so he's probably played his last game for the Rams. Forest defender Scott McKenna is set to miss the next month with a hamstring injury. They're having a few injury problems, aren't they, Forest? Mm-hmm. Cook, Lowe, now McKenna. Not ideal. Still in a good spot with the playoffs, but they could really do with a... Fill in those gaps. Yeah. Bristol City striker Chris Martins had his deal extended by another year. His contract was set to expire at the end of the season. In transfer news, Footy Insider says Nico Williams is keen to join Fulham on a permanent basis. Liverpool are apparently willing to sell for £12 million. If Fulham do indeed go up, Justin, into the Premier League next season, that would be a fantastic way to kick off their strengthening for the top flight
1: yeah we were praising him not too long ago weren't we after his uh, half halfway line shot exploits talented player £12 million seems quite cheap for a player of his age as well so absolutely I, I think go for it do it that's, I'd that's,
0: rip your hand off exactly
1: it's, uh, after all Fulham's yeah, previous spending that's actually a very good deal
0: Very good deal. Former Derby defender Andre Wisdom is training with Sheffield United. He's been a free agent since his contract at Pride Park expired last summer. He's also been training with Birmingham relatively recently. And finally, according to reports in Turkey, Valerian Ismail is set to be appointed Besiktas manager. All right. Did did you see that one coming?
1: No, that's quite a... No disrespect to West Brom, that's quite a step up. uh, Besiktas are a very big club. Um... I I mean, he's probably better suited to football in Europe and he's he's fast-paced football and and passionate fans in Turkey, I think, would go hand in hand. So I'd, I'd be interested to see how that plays out.
0: My thinking is he would do a lot better if he was at a club where they have an excuse to, you know, sit... Well, not sit back, See, he doesn't sit back. That's probably... Where, where they're, you know, fighting against it, where the underdogs, like Barnsley were, for example, yeah. not a side like West Brom or even Besiktas, for, yeah. for that example, <laughs> where they're meant to be getting the faces of teams. Um, that's why I think I said in the past, I think he'd be a good Premier League manager for a team fighting to stay up. Yeah. But when you're fighting to win the title, like I'm assuming Besiktas are... It's a bit of a strange move for me, that one, but uh, we'll see how it goes. He's certainly a good manager, isn't he? I don't think anyone's debating that apart from maybe a small section of the black country. Um, Justin, let's do some polls. This is the part of the show where we give the listeners three questions on Twitter because we want to get their thoughts on all things to do with the championship. First question is this. Justin Peach called Adelterrapt a one-season wonder the other day. Is Rapt in the top five players in championship history? Yes or no?
1: I don't think I called him a one-season wonder, did I? Uh, Let's get that straight. Um, (laughs) What did you call him then? I I said I wouldn't put him in my top five championship players ever. Uh, I may have said that he had a very good individual season one year, but I wouldn't put him in my top top five championship players. No way. Okay.
0: Well, surprisingly, Justin, people have kind of sided with you, almost. 48% of people said no, he's not in the top five. 52% of people said yes.
1: That's a lot closer than I thought.
0: A lot closer than I thought it was. Yeah. I thought that was going to be straightforward. So, fair enough. People in some way do agree with you. Which team has underperformed the most this season? Barnsley, Reading, Stoke or West Brom?
1: I would say Stoke because even now with their injuries, they've still got a squad capable enough of, of competing, at least in and around the top six. So, for them to drop off as much as they have is really poor. West Brom smashed. This poll: sixty-six percent
0: of people yeah. said West Brom, fifteen percent said Stoke, twelve percent said Reading, seven percent said Barnsley. I think West Brom are just the obvious answer, really, aren't they? Um, Reading, you could make a decent, uh, decent excuse just for argument, people. Yeah, yeah people expecting them to be mid-table or maybe even go again for the playoffs, but you know, just outside the relegation zone. Yeah, I could see an argument for it. And finally, what's the best toast spread? Jam, marmalade, or Marmite?
1: It's, it's jam all day isn't it like you can get black currant jam raspberry jam strawberry jam it's just jam jam's the best I'm, a, I'm always a marmite fan so marmite every day for me
0: 19% of people said marmite 17% said marmalade 64% of people said jam
1: would you put butter on first and then the spread because sometimes i put butter and then jam on it but i think that comes across as a bit weird
0: you put butter on and yeah of course, you, and you always do you always put butter on don't you
1: I don't know it just seems a bit weird with a fruity spread do you put butter right, on I'm, before I'm not a big jam
0: fan To be honest, Justin, you're asking the wrong person here, unfortunately. Anyway, we're running out of time. So let's quickly finish off with the game, Justin. It's not the Craig Bryson pub quiz. It's not Simon Grayson's Hateful Eight. It's Diddy or Didn't He. This is the game that we played not too long ago where I'm going to give Justin 10 players with various connections to the championship. And then I'm going to give him a club as well. All he's got to do is tell me whether they played for that club or not. He's got to have made at least a (coughs) senior appearance for them. Justin Peach, are you ready to go?
1: yeah this one stresses me out so let's go funny though isn't it first it one is, is this
0: Chris Martin Crystal Palace yes he did I remember him playing for Palace yeah absolutely did he played 26 games on loan in 2011-12 that completely passed me by that's why I trucked it in so you've got one out of one so far Justin next one is this Marlon King Sheffield Wednesday no no I don't think I don't he did so. d- he played for Sheffield United though I think he didn't. You're absolutely right. He did play for Sheffield United. Next one is this. Adam Webster, Bournemouth. Ooh.
1: <laughs> no, he did not play for Bournemouth. He didn't.
0: You're absolutely right. Three out of three so far, Justin. You did a lot <coughs> better than you did last time. I think last time you got the first one wrong and then from that yeah. point it just messed with it's your collapsed. head. Next one is this. Shane Duffy, Bolton.
1: Play for Blackburn he played for Blackburn Brighton is that Brighton I'm going to say no he's like Yeovil as well
0: you're absolutely right he didn't play for <laughs> Bolton so so far doing very well Justin Peach <coughs> next one Connor Cody Blackpool
1: oh god that's a hard one because he was part of that cohort of players very early on in their careers sort of the early 2000s they were on loan everywhere again he was at Huddersfield for a bit Sheffield United for a bit I'm I'm going to say
0: no (laughs) You're right He didn't play for Blackpool Justin Peach Absolutely flying here 5 out of 5 You've got 5 to go If you get 4 marks Then
1: I will take my hat off to you It will be very impressive Chef Kikuchi Swansea Yes I remember playing for Swansea Because he left He left Derby cruelly He was on loan at Derby And then he went to Swansea The the sucker (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're
0: right. He joined them in 2010 and made 22 appearances. Um, next one is this: Carlos Edwards, Wolves.
1: Oh, he might have played for Wolves earlier on in his career. I can't remember who he played for now. He was at Ipswich. He was at Sunderland. Um, he had a spell at Millwall as well. I've got a feeling he played for Wolves. This is this is one's on the knife edge. I'm going to say yes, he played for Wolves. He
0: made six appearances on loan in 2008-09. Just (laughs) in (laughs) peace. This is incredible. Goodness me. got three to go. Three to go here. You ready? Alex McCarthy, Brentford.
1: Oh, oh, I think he did. I I think I I can... Because again, Brentford, they had like Chesney on loan. So they were loaning a few keepers in. I think McCarthy might have been one of them. I'm going to say yes, he played for Brentford. You sure? Don't... (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that. You didn't. Ah! No, no, you
0: let yourself down. First one you got wrong, though. If you manage to keep it to just one wrong for the rest, then that deserves a round of applause in itself, Justin. Uh, Second last one,
1: Ross Turnbull, Cardiff. That is a career that will pass anybody by. He must have played for about 30 clubs. He's played for Leeds. (laughs) He's played for Borough. Goodness, he must have gone through the doors at Cardiff, I'm going to say, yeah. He made six appearances on loan in 2007-08. <laughs> so
0: you've only got one wrong. Eight out of nine so far. Can you make it nine out of ten, which will be a sterling performance, Justin Peach? Final one is Lewis Dunk, Bristol City.
1: I, I don't think he's paid for anybody other than Brighton. I'm going to say no. I'm quite convinced with that. Uh, no, because now... Oh, sugar. Um, no, he's not paid for Bristol City. Financer? Yeah, it is.
0: He had two games on loan in 2013. You're kidding. <laughs> two games it's the loans, loan. isn't it? This, this game would be so simple <coughs> if I just kept it to the permanence. But the loan system has seen all these players play all over the place and just make like... A couple of emergency loan appearances.
1: You forget about the emergency loan period. You know, you could just get a player for ninety days. What a what a period that was.
0: That, that's why I'm surprised you didn't get more wrong there early on, because I had some proper, you know, late <laughs> noughties players who had been all over the park. But eight out of ten. That's that's, you know, I think I've, that's yeah,
1: I surprised myself there.
0: Yeah, you, you surprised me as well. But there we go, ladies and gentlemen, the second tier podcast. We'll be back again on Thursday, of course. We haven't got any games this week because it's an international break, but we'll come up with something to talk about. Probably a Q&A. We haven't done a and a in a while, have we, Justin? Shall we do that? Yeah, yeah I like Q&As, personal yeah. questions. Yeah. yeah go on then we'll do a Q&A on Thursday ladies and gentlemen to send over your questions it's probably easier to direct message them at Second Tier Pod on Twitter and we'll answer as many as possible uh, so we'll see you on Thursday we'll be back again on Sunday as well not sure what we're going to do then either but we'll come up with something I can assure you oh, yeah. of that and uh, yeah this has been the Second Tier Podcast I've been Ryan Dokes. I've
1: been Justin Peach
0: thank you for listening Picture the scene it's 3pm on a Saturday your team's playing away from home and you can't go you're sat there wanting to watch your championship side play but you can't get it on your telly well fear no more dear listener why not try NordVPN NordVPN lets you access content from over 59 countries just by changing your virtual location so essentially your internet will think you're abroad and that means you can get access to the 3pm Saturday games from the comfort of your own living room it's not just football you can do it with streaming services as well for example I was on Canadian Netflix the other day and was watching the Shawshank Redemption. You can't get that on streaming services here. It's also useful for cybersecurity when you're on the move too. Get your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash second tier or use the code second tier to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free and a bonus gift. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. It costs the same as a cup of coffee each month, so why not give it a go right now?